Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I am your host, Janae Ledger. Thank you very much for being here with us today. This is episode number 21, going strong. Woo! It is, what is it? It is the end of August, almost September, almost fall, but I'm still soaking in every fucking ounce of summer that I can get because everyone knows in New England the summers here are very very short so I'm just trying to enjoy it while I can. I have a very exciting episode for you guys and a very exciting guest I can't wait for you guys to listen. All right everyone I have a very very special guest today. She is an award-winning fashion designer brand owner. Everyone please welcome Nick. Hi hi everyone. You can't see me, but I'm waving. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to have you today. I'm so excited to talk to you about all things fashion. I know both of us are like fashion gurus, fashion obsessed, fashionistas, if you will. Um, So let's just start out by everyone, you know, getting to know your background, how you got into the fashion industry. Let's just hear all of your stories. Thank you so much, Janae, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, how I got into fashion is probably the most convoluted story ever <laughs> of like, anybody in fashion. Um, I did not start my journey in fashion, I, um, which is oddly ironic because one of my grandmothers was a fashion designer and oh, the other one was a very talented seamstress. Um, and one of my grandfathers was a furniture maker, like he made beautiful wood furniture. Um, however, I didn't really know any of that. I don't know why until I was like much older Uh and I started my journey out, um, thinking that I would be a forensic psychologist. I went to school and, uh, university of central Florida, go Knights. Um, and I studied forensic science and psychology and my intention was to go to grad school and become a forensic psychologist, which if you know me, it's like the the complete opposite of my personality, like how, and even the way that I came across that idea was just like random. I was like talking to one of the the people in my pre-professional class at college. And Mm -hmm. um, she was reading this book that looked really interesting. And I was like, what is that? And she was like, oh, this is my forensic science in the courtroom textbook. And I was like, oh, I think I'll do that major. And I literally like went to the registrar's office and that was my major. And that was what I declared. And that's what I studied for four years off of like the girl next to me in this class. Um, I graduated and I was on my way to grad school. I had uh, University of Central Florida is in Orlando, Florida. And at the time my parents were living in North Carolina. So I decided I would, since it was grad school and like more money for school, I would just live at home while I was going to grad school. So I moved from Orlando to North Carolina, applied to school, ready to start school. And about a month before school started, a friend of mine in North Carolina um, needed to go to court to like handle something with her ex and their child. And she just needed to document that he was paying her for their Mm -hmm. child support. And their case was normal and easy and simple. Um, And, you know, they have a good relationship. But when we got to the court, everyone in there was fighting and everyone, except for us, and everyone was like 
like drama. And I'm not used to that. That just wasn't, you know, my background. And it kind of like, I left there with like my mouth on the ground, like, (laughs) oh my God. And I realized that I would be hearing much worse than, than that. Right. Like if, if, if my day at this courthouse was that like eye opening for me, what was talking to murderers going to be like, (laughs) or, you know, analyzing, um, you know, crime scene evidence or, you know, doing all these things that from an educational level, I was capable of doing, but from an emotional level, it, it was just not in my wheelhouse. It's just, completely. I'm like happy-go-lucky, super calm, laid back, beach girl, grew up in Florida. And like, what was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Literally, that's how I felt. I was like, what were you thinking? And I went home and I guess I looked the way that I felt because when I got home, my mom was like, oh, how was your day at the court? You know, and I'm just like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I, I don't think that going to school for this makes sense for me. And my, she, she didn't even question it. She didn't like, you know, no, you moved here, you have to do it. Her response without missing a beat and God bless her. She said, well, you've always loved fashion. Why don't you do something with that? And it was just that simple. So I left that conversation in the kitchen with my mom and I went upstairs and got on the computer and started looking for design schools that would accept transfer credits. Cause remember I already went to school. So I didn't want to like be in school for another four years, like, you know, paying for math and science and all the, the core classes when I I already passed those. Um, Right. And I found a school in Atlanta and I went to that school and kind of from there, the rest is history. Um, Went to design school, graduated, uh, moved to New York, worked for some designers and some brands and um, eventually started my own business. Wow. That's so inspiring though, because I feel like in, in reality, you know, when you do figure out what you want to do for college or, okay, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? You know, when you're a young teenager, it's like, it's so hard to really think about what do I want to do? Cause some people, you know, they'll be like, okay, I'm going to be a nurse and they'll be a nurse forever. But it's like, some people will try something out and be like, you know what, maybe I really don't like that. And that's okay. Because you now know, you know, maybe, you know, I'm sure you learned so much through that process and through school. And you said, you know what, I'm not really into this. And now you are following your passion and you have your own brand now. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. It's totally like that whole experience. I think everything happens for a reason. And 100%. I think some of the reason for that, that journey has been unfolded to me. I think that there are still aspects of that journey that I have yet to realize why I went through it. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, as I grow and, and I continue through my journey of life, I, it will continue to reveal itself to me. Um, I definitely don't regret it, but that I would say that making people declare a major and choose what they want to do for the rest of their life at, you know, 17, 18 years old is probably not idyllic, right? Like, no, it's, it's almost like, you know, how you have some people on Facebook, I'm friends with a lot of people that I went to like elementary school with yep. and of all my elementary school friends. There's like two of them 
that met in third or fourth grade and are married today. They've, they've been married for, you know, forever. They got married straight out of high school. They've been married forever. They have, you know, kids, dog house, all that stuff. But of all the people I know that only happened to like one or two people, right. Or four, if you consider the pair. Um, And I think declaring a major is kind of the same. Like you have a couple of people who know right away what they want to do. And the rest of us are like, what? <laughs> that's a totally good comparison <laughs> what what's happening like, right, right. and, and so I was one of those what's happening people like yeah. and you know not to to brag but I've always been good in school I've always been smart school has always been easy for me so yeah. whatever I would have chosen I would have I would have done fine with because I was good at learning and and good at understanding large sums of knowledge. But I think that for people who are like that, it can be confusing because because you're good at it doesn't mean you like it. Exactly. That's a that's a really good point because sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm really great at this, but I don't really enjoy it. it. And (laughs) and that's kind of like, I feel like that's that's a lot of people. A lot of people have that point of view. And it's like, I think a lot of people like in some situations, it'll be like, oh, well, I, I should do that because I'm good at it. But it's like, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then what is life? You know, I feel like you should always enjoy what you're doing, no matter what it is, as long as you feel happy, you know, you go to work every day and you're content. It's like, that's, that's, that's the goal in my opinion, enjoying what you do. And I think that's awesome that you, you were like, all right, fashion, this is my thing. Like, and you just, you ran with it. It sounds like. And, and so I want to get into like your brand and I was looking at your website. It was very, very impressive. Um, you have so much great information on there and very, very nicely laid out. I really liked like all of your pages. And, um, I saw that you have a live living beautifully challenge. So I looked into that. I definitely want to get into that. Uh, but I just want to give you kudos to, really just following exactly what you were meant to do and like just really creating this brand. So let's get into the brand and what it's about and like, what would you like describe your brand? Like, how would you describe it? Oh, wow. Um, Nick Hill is, I, so I'm from Florida my family's from Jamaica and there's a certain vibe that happens when you come from a place like Florida and your parents are Jamaican, right? Like mm-hmm. growing up, we were always, we had a, a pool in our backyard and we went to the beach on Saturdays and then we'd leave the beach and go to the pool. And we had birthday parties around the pool on the patio, you know, and someone was, you know, grilling on the grill and it was just a, a lifestyle. And to me, Nick Hill kind of just embodies everything that I can remember from my childhood and, you know, how fabulous the women in my life were and how fabulous they dressed and, you know, laying out by the pool and just enjoying your family and your friends and, and throwing something on to go run errands, but yet you still look amazing. And it's just this vacation inspired lifestyle. And while not everyone lives that life, you know, you're in New mm-hmm. Hampshire and I'm in New York City and we, we only dream of, of, of days like that all day, every day. Yeah. Um, I think it, it brings that to 
everyone, regardless of where they are. So if you live in New Hampshire or you live in Miami or you live wherever you live, I think that there is something that you can find at Nick Hill Clothing that kind of resonates with you and makes you just feel a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more like your true self. Oh, I love that. That's a very good description of the, of the brand. And I, I enjoyed looking at, cause I felt that like when I was on the oh. website, I felt that like the, the, the beach looks and the, the, the beautiful bathing suits. I was like, Oh my God. So I definitely, I can definitely feel that vibe on your site, Thank which you. is also great, you know, brand branding. Um, I kind of have a like business background, so I'm very intrigued on like the business side of things and stuff like that. So fashionista, you got a girl, like love yeah. the website. Um, so how would you describe your personal like wardrobe? Like what, I always like to ask this question, like, what would you describe your wardrobe like? Um, it's so funny. I have a friend who really good friend of mine, who's a stylist. And when you see us out in the street, she's like full of color and full of like, um, style. And I am a girl who grew up in Florida, you know, and I literally wear pretty much a uniform of like shorts and a t-shirt or shorts and a tank top or jeans and a tank top or jeans and a t-shirt with sandals or flip-flops, usually flip-flops. If I'm being fancy, it's more like a a high heel sandal. Um, And now that I'm in fashion and I have to be presentable, my spin on that basic uniform is more like if I'm going somewhere nice instead of jeans, maybe I'll wear like a pair of like really cute like pants or a pair of really cute shorts and a silk tank top. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I've modified it, right? I've elevated it a bit, but at its core, it's still what it is. It's pretty much, you know, I have a tank top on now. Um, it's, it's pretty much tank top and shorts, tank top and jeans, but they're, they're, they're sophisticated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, wow. so I, I love silk. I love natural fibers, um, cottons, linens. So it could be like a pair of like, looser fitting linen walking shorts with a silk tank top or a silk blouse and a nice pair of sandals with a clutch right like clutch that's cute too huge on clutches I love a good clutch um I recently raided my mom's closet and took like all of her clutches from like the 60s and the 70s I guess that's amazing she kept everything for me. Um, oh, and I am so grateful. <laughs> that is literally a dream right there. It oh is so grateful for her. And um, I, I love a clutch, especially when I'm on vacation or if it's summer, if it's summer in the city and I'm like, you know, date night with my husband or I'm like going to meet my friends for a cocktail or something, I'll definitely grab my clutch um, and, and, and use that. And I like them just because you know, they're really quick and convenient. If I need to transition to a larger bag, I can just throw my clutch in the larger bag. And now my clutch becomes my wallet. And my, my larger bag is just, you know, for shopping or putting groceries in or whatever. But um, yeah, that's, that's probably how I look is, is somewhere around that. Um, I can be a bit boring because I don't really wear prints or patterns too much. I don't know why. Um, I'm the same way. That's so funny. 
keep it solid colors. Um, too, yeah. In the winter time, I love wearing white, white shorts, white blouses, white t-shirts, um, white jeans. Um, and that's pretty much my personal style. If, if I'm being really, you know, out there, I'll, I'll put a lip on and do like a red lip or, or something to kind of, you know, make it pop a little bit more because I probably have on khaki linen shorts and a white silk tank top. Um, that's good though. I like that. I like, I kind of like simplicity. And then sometimes I like to be like very extra, like I'm kind of in, I'm, I'm either one or the other, but I'm the same way. I used to like love prints. I don't know if it's as I got older. I think that's kind of what it is for some reason. As I get older, I kind of just like more like simple things. And then like, if I want to dress it up or like accessorize, you know what I mean? Like the, the lip for something or like pulling my hair back and putting like a cute, I don't know, thing in my hair, you know, yeah. just, just kind of adding a little zhuzh, if you will. I love the zhuzh. <laughs> I, I, I'm real big on buying pieces that last. And I, I don't want to, I have a million articles of clothing and a million shoes. However, okay. I don't want to have to replace them because yes. I love them. Right. So I buy pieces that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, they're, they're going to be timeless. And, you know, they, a white blouse, a white silk blouse or a black silk blouse, or, you know, a, a nice blouse just doesn't go out of style and it's hard to date it. Whereas if it has certain types of prints, you can say, oh, well, that's not in style anymore. So, you know, now you have to get rid of that. And now this is what's in style. And Personally, I've never dressed that way because I just felt like trend dressing can be quite costly and it totally can be, you know, you're wasting your money on something that's not going to be in style anymore in, in a, a month or six months or a year. Um, and it also dates it. And I'm, I'm, I always want to bring about like a classic kind of vibe so that if you look at pictures like I'll find pictures of myself from 10 years ago and I, they, I look great in the picture then because I was still holding on to like traditional or classic principles of, of style and dress. And where I'll explore like creativity and fun will be like with my accessories. So my shoes are probably gonna be like really over the top, especially if I have on like a very simple, you know, khaki linen shorts and a white silk tank top. Um, and my, my handbags probably will be too. Um, they might be yellow or orange or purple or green or you know, whatever. And, and I, I do pops of color with like my accessories, my jewelry, um, like you, maybe it's my hairstyle, my lip color, um, my makeup, like I love eyeshadow. So um, when I'm going out, I'll, I'll do so like fun. fun colors with eyeshadow, especially now that people are wearing masks, you know. Right. Um, it makes your eyes pop so nicely. Totally. I love that. So I love when you were talking about shoes and bags, because, oh my God, I have, I have an insane closet. I'm sure you do too. So you, you totally get me on my shoe obsession. I think, <laughs> I, literally, I think I could, I could have a million pairs of shoes and I would be like, oh, well, I need one more. I can never I have a pair yesterday. They came to my front door literally yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That is seriously. I'm like, do I need these? <laughs> but, but then I tell myself, yes, you do. 
Because it's like a shoe, like you were saying about, you know, the nice pieces that you have. Shoes, you know, for the most part, as long as you take care of them, you don't wear them like in the rain or whatever. They last forever. I mean, I have some shoes and I'm like, how the heck do I still have those? But it's like they last because I, I try to take care of them. Yeah, no, same, 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 same. And I mean, I have a ton of shoes. I don't even have room for these shoes that showed up yesterday in my small New York City apartment. I don't even know where they're going, but they're here. <laughs> you you got to treat yourself too. That's what I always say. I'm like, you know what? I just, I needed it, you know? It needed was calling it. for me. needed new shoes. No, they didn't, but they did. Um, right. And yeah, I, I love shoes and I love handbags and um mm-hmm. Ideally, one day I'll I'll start designing shoes and handbags uh, to to have to, and okay. jewelry. Like, to, if we're being honest, I actually love jewelry, shoes, and handbags a little bit more than clothing. Uh, mm-hmm. But making them is more expensive, and also just a little bit. I never learned that, so I also need to learn how to properly make them. Um, okay so that I can, I can bring beautiful shoes and jewelry and handbags to the masses. I love that. So you do do, so you own your brand, but then you also do some designing within your brand. And then you also have other brands come in. Is that how your business? Sort of. Um, so on my website, I design everything that's on that site. And um, I, the, the, the business that is Nick Hill clothing um, is mine. And the other ventures that I do are like, I created a course uh, recently. I haven't really been paying much attention to it and I need to like cultivate it more. Um, but I created a course called Nick Hill Fashion University where I teach people uh, the ins and outs of product development and production, um, which is what I did when I was working in the fashion industry for Ralph Lauren. I worked in product development and production. and. If someone wants to have a, if they want to design clothes and they want to sell clothes to the masses, and I'm not talking like, um, you know, you order a custom piece and, and I make that piece for you and then I take another order. They, someone like who's working in that fashion probably doesn't need me. But if you want to have multiple units of a style and mm-hmm. then have multiple styles, that becomes quite logistic and there's um it's not quite as simple as just making a custom piece for someone and and them buying it and making it so i've created a course for people who want their own brand and want to design their own products for their brand and i i teach the abcs of product development and production um Mm -hmm. so that's a separate business um from the clothing brand and I'm like trying to think, I think right now that's pretty much all that I'm doing. I, I recently, or I'm in the process of building a wholesale division for Nick Hill clothing. So you'll start to see the, the product in stores, hopefully sometime next year in 2022, um, which feels like another business, but it's really not. <laughs> wow. That's amazing though. Congrats. I mean, that's, that's going to be huge for you. So right now, currently you're just e-commerce, correct? Just e-commerce on my website and sometime next year, hopefully you guys will start seeing me in some select stores around the country. Um, I'm really excited for because I make everything in America 
So uh-huh. I'm excited to, you know, my factories are in America and, and, you know, the That's people huge. that, yeah. So I'm really excited to just give those other small businesses business so that mm-hmm. they can uh, continue. And it's really exciting. One of the, my favorite things that I love about what I do is just having an idea that at some point only exists in my head. And then, you know, in six months time, I can wear it. And I, I think that, that. I think that that's, I never, like the excitement of the idea about that, like I never lose that. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And that's, I feel like that's immeasurable how that must feel. It feels like magic. Literally. That's amazing. And so, it's really cool because it's literally the tangible expression of making what you want become true. So mm-hmm. for me and the way that I think, I think that as long as you believe something and you have the idea for something, you can make it happen. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't accept no and, uh, you know, can't be done. And like things like that, those limiting types of phrases are really difficult for me to understand because I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like there's gotta be a way, like, you know, right. you just haven't thought of it yet. I love that. I like that mindset too, because it's like, if you do, you know, you want to do something and you think about it for however long and you are committed to doing it and setting your goals and pushing yourself to, you know, your limits, I don't know, past your limits, just, just forcing yourself to commit to something. I think anything is possible. Like if you want to, I don't even know, bake a brand. If you want to, you know, buy your dream house, if you want to, you know, if you want to be a doctor, like just go and do it, like start it, research it. Um, I always believe in just really putting it out in the universe and just being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And just like believing it in your head. I'm like a firm believer in like telling the universe, like saying, okay, I am manifesting. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't think of the word for a second. And I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Manifesting. I'm a huge believer in manifesting and just really just absorbing everything that you can about that no matter what it is I feel like anything is possible if you set your mind to it same 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 my business coach is always just like you know just start like if you don't know what you're doing just do something just 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 start towards the action and what's really interesting about that is that the universe and and God and whatever you want to call it just begins to put the yellow brick road in front of you Right. So like there's been so many times where I have no clue how something was going to happen. And I just I just start. And just by starting the the path has been unfolded because I took that initial leap of faith. And most of the time, you know, you you get what you're looking for um, when you start those journeys. There's been times where maybe the journey itself didn't go the path that I thought that it would take me but I, I wound up where I was, I was supposed to be. And I mean, look at my start, right? Like the forensic psychology student who's like talking about fashion right now. Um, (laughs) right. Like it's, it's, it's totally possible. And I think as women, we definitely need to hear that. I think that whatever dream or passion you have, you got that dream or passion for a reason. Like I didn't get, I got, the dream or passion that I was supposed to get. 
and the dream that you have is the dream specific for you. And as long as you cultivate it and, and work towards it, I truly believe that success is the only thing that can happen as long as you keep working at it, right? Like if you never yeah. give up, eventually you have to, you know, accomplish what you were seeking or you'll die trying. Those are literally the That's only so two options if you don't stop and you keep working towards it. I love that. Cause even if you do like tiny things, baby steps, little steps, anything to just move you a step closer to that goal. That's, I mean, I think that's exactly how you set your mind to something and just go for it. I mean, that's kind of how I did this podcast. Like I started it or I, I thought about it for like six months and I was like, okay, I'm going to just write and write and write like all these thoughts and topics and ideas. And I ran, I bounced them off of a bunch of my friends and my family. And, and I really like, I studied it. I looked up so much information. Like I was like, how do I need to start this? And actually what is inspiring. And I'm sure so many people um, you run into this too, is they'll ask, you know, people will come to you and ask you for advice. Like, how did you start this? And, and that's so inspiring too, because it's like, people are recognizing, okay, if she can do it, I can, I do, can it. do it. <laughs> and I love that because then you kind of help someone else. And I don't know about you, but I loved, like, I love being in this community of just, I mean, podcasting is so nice because I can connect with so many different people, but I just love being able to help people. Even if it's like something very small, Thank just like you. having that platform to just be like hey this is this is me and this is what I'm doing and if you need advice or help or whatever like hey ask me so I love that and and I think your community and I want to talk about that challenge that you're um doing I was so intrigued and just inspired by like your your platform and how you want to just motivate people and make sure that they feel good in their skin and and just empowerment. So let's get into that because I'm very intrigued on all of your thoughts on that. Yay. Um, living the 30 day living beautifully challenge kind of happened organically at its core. I would do pop-ups around New York city pre COVID and Mm -hmm. I would be helping women in the fitting rooms. And there's, I, I've seen all kinds of people trying on swimsuits, right? Like there's yeah. it's just a thing. And I should rewind and say before, when I was living in Atlanta, I was a store manager at a swimsuit shop. So okay. my time managing the swim, swimsuit shop, that's so hard to say, <laughs> to um, doing my own pop-ups years later here in New York, there hasn't ever been a time when I've helped someone with a swimsuit in the fitting room and I didn't hear them say something really negative about themselves. And mm-hmm. it runs the gamut from something simple, like just a noise, like, I do not feel like trying on swimwear to, you know, a rant about how they hate how they look because fill in the blank. Right. Um, there have been tears. There have been um, really, really negative self-loathing like type talk. And over time, I didn't notice it in the same way I did once it was my swimwear. When I was working at the swimwear shop, I noticed it and I was aware of it, but it was just kind of like a thing that women did to get through the process of trying on swimwear. When I was helping them at my pop-ups for my brand, it then became, how do I 
help this person to get them over the hurdle to get them to even try my swimsuit on, right? Like, because yeah. now this is work for me and it's my work and, and I'm invested in it in a much different way. So I had to think about like, what's the obstacle and why is it an obstacle? And I remember coming home to, at the time, my husband was then my, my boyfriend or my fiance, I don't remember which one. And mm-hmm. I remember saying to him, like, these, these women are saying such horrible things about themselves. And sometimes it made me really uncomfortable. Oh, and yeah. it was actually him who, again in the kitchen. And he was like, you know, why don't you just like embrace that and address it? Like, why, why? if it's something that's coming up all the time, you know, why are you running away from it? Why not? He's like, obviously, these women feel like they can open up to you for whatever reason. So if they're opening up to you, you know, why just allow them to? And imagine how awkward it would be if I'm helping you in the fitting room and you're like, oh my God, Nick, I feel so fat in this. And I'm like, yeah, so here's this one in blue and green. And I like completely (laughs) ignore what you said, right? Like, how would that make you feel? Um, So I did just that. I embraced it. And you know, fitting room sessions kind of became like lightweight psychology sessions. And totally. this is where like that, that education and psychology began to reveal itself to me because now that degree didn't really go to waste anymore. Now I, right. I'm, I'm able to, to listen. And while I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I do, however, have the vocabulary and the capacity to be able to help someone when they're sharing, they're bearing their soul to me. And Mm -hmm. it really is such a vulnerable experience because to try on swimwear, you get pretty much naked to try the swimsuit on. So you're, you're very vulnerable. And, and I think that there's something about that interaction that made women feel like, you know, opening up to me, um, they should open up to me. So I kind of embraced it from, from that point of view. And once, (laughs) thank you. Um, Once 2020 happened and I wasn't able to do my pop-ups anymore, I had to find a way to be able to still help people and still kind of give them that energy that they would have gotten from me if we were in a fitting room session. Um, So the 30 day challenge was kind of born just from that and just as a, a way to give back and to, to really help anyone that's struggling with the way they see themselves or their confidence, their self-esteem, the way they feel about their body. And just to, you know, you're not alone. Like literally I've never met a woman who hasn't said something negative about herself. Right. And, you know, my brand is dedicated to women and I've literally never met one that hasn't said something negative about herself in some way, shape or form to the extent. And, and I always share this story and it's such a powerful one. When I was um, managing that swimsuit shop, there was this woman who came in and she's trying on swimsuits. And at the time she had the most amazing body that I had ever seen in real life. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, wow. Like this lady looks amazing. And I, that's what I felt about her. But the way she felt about herself was, you know, right in line with everyone else. She was like tugging at everything. And she's like, I don't know. I, I feel really fat in this. And, and I don't, I, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm like, you literally look amazing in everything that you're putting on. And I'm not just saying that. Right. And 
at the end or towards the end, I asked her like, what are you doing for your workouts? Like, I'm genuinely interested, whatever you're doing, I need to start doing it because you look phenomenal. And I guess she like connected what she was saying with what I was asking because she put her head down almost like ashamed. And she said, I row for the U S women's Olympic team. Oh, wow. She literally had the body of an Olympian because she was an Olympian and, Uh and she felt those negative feelings about herself. And I looked at her and I said, if you feel this way about yourself, there's no hope for anybody else. And like, that's it. Put a fork in it. We're all done. Like what's Uh our, what hope do we have if that's how, and rowing is a very physical sport, right? So like, it's not like archery, no offense to archery, you know, like if that's right, right. but it's, it's extremely physical, the act of rowing. So if, you know, her body was perfectly toned and it it just, it looked amazing. Um, And she said nothing but negative words about her body the entire time. Oh, it's so hard. And it's, and it's, I think people, some people in this world don't know how to respond to, you know, negatives, you know, when someone, when one of your girlfriends is, you know, talking about herself, like, oh, I don't look good in this. And like, you know, those types of things, the negative self-talk, some people don't really know how to respond. And in that case, I'm sure it was just like, you know, you have to kind of build them up, but it takes, you know, it takes a special, you know, set of words and you need, you don't want to offend them or, or make them feel worse and you're trying to build them up. But that can also be, you know, a little bit of a hard, rocky roads, I guess you could say. Super, super rocky. Uh, Especially like if, if they're just saying negative words, I can handle that. I think the, the hardest times are when they're crying. Um, if you know, crying is, is a little bit more challenging, but Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, again, ignoring the way that someone feels the way we feel is never wrong. If, if, if the way you feel brings you to tears, that is not wrong. I think what we have to maybe consider or address is how we allow our feelings how we react to those feelings you know but the feeling itself is is right like if 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 your your tears aren't wrong and the way you feel about yourself while I might not agree with it it could be true for that person and if they're vulnerable enough to share with me then I'm happy to listen and if I can help them I'm happy to help and it's truly therapy sessions in those, those fitting rooms. Definitely. And I'm sure you inspire, inspire them and try to make, you know, build them up and, and really listen. Cause that's, that's definitely a very vulnerable situation and, and, you know, trying to make them feel, you know, a little bit better about the situation. What do you think is like the best advice you could give someone like in that situation or, um, you know, if they're feeling a little down on themselves, like how would you, you know, put yourself in their shoes and what would you, you know, advice you'd give to them? That's a really good question. I've found that it really depends on the tone that the person is saying it with and the energy yeah. that they're giving to me. If they're saying it and cause some people say it in kind of a joking way right. and I can tell that they're saying it because they think that maybe that's what I'm thinking about them. 
So it's almost like they address it before I have a chance to say it, which I would never say. But right. it's almost like if I say that I'm fat, when she sees me in this swimsuit, she's not going to think I'm fat because I already said it. Um, so if, if that's the energy that I'm picking up from them, I usually just say like, stop it. You're beautiful. Put the swimsuit on. And like, I, I address it. I tell her she's beautiful and I disregard the, the negative statement. If I feel like she honestly believes that about herself, that becomes a little bit more challenging. And usually for those types of conversations, I'll say, if I said that about you, you would be so upset with me. What gives you the right to say it about yourself? Oh, and I, I get quiet after that. And I, I let the, the person think about that. And I let them, I allow them the time to really understand what they're saying about their beautiful body that gets them through life and births children yes. and wakes up every day and moves and, and functions the way it was designed to, right? So what about that is ugly or what about that is fat? Like, it doesn't matter, right? Like it's doing what it's supposed to do. And if I said that you would be so in, like furious with me. So right. don't say it about yourself ever again. Um, that. That's and what, they bring it up. Like they'll try to bring it up in the fitting room and I'll go, ah. <laughs> like, true. I don't even let it come out their mouth anymore. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, if Good. she's crying about it and she's at the point where I can tell damage has been done and, mm -hmm. and she's really upset by it. And it's, it's beyond just, you know, a five or 10 minute conversation in the fitting room. I let her cry. I hug her if she needs a hug. Um, I listen. Um, and I give advice that I think might be specific in the situation. I'll ask her, do you want advice or do you just want me to listen? Oh, um, that's, a, that's a good call too. Right? Like, what do you need? You might not need my words right now. You might not have an outlet to talk about this anywhere else. And Definitely. maybe I'm, I'm just this time and space where it happened. So, you know, do you want my advice? Do you want me just to listen? I'm happy to do both. That's um, a good way to look at it. I like that. Yeah, I think that you you kind of have to, I, I've learned that people don't always want advice just because they're venting. Yes, yes. Sometimes you just need to listen. And I kind of always think about that and tie it into love languages and what that person's needs are. Like, do they want the words of affirmation and to kind of get it all out? Or they, do they want a hug? Maybe like some people just need like that physical like hug, you know, embrace. So I always tie that back to like, you know, your needs and, and what you desire. And, and I think that's, that's really great advice, honestly. <laughs> um, if they have kids with them, I just remind them that, you know, their daughter is, is learning to She's respect her body by what you're showing her. So 100%. You know, just be careful of what you're saying, not only to your daughter, but to your sons, your nieces, your nephews, they're, they're listening and they're absorbing it. And, you know, we have a high rate of, you know, prepubescent little girls who think that they're fat and they're, you know, they're on diets and, and eating disorders are being formed at such young tender ages That's because so where's it coming from, right? They're hearing their mom who they think is gorgeous say that she's fat all the time or, you yeah. know, God forbid her, her dad is speaking in a disparaging way about her mom. They're, they're, they're getting inundated with it from television. It's right. coming from every point. So it's really important as the adults in the situation that we are 
so careful about what we say about ourselves in front of our, our daughters and our, our nieces and our, our cousins because they hear us. That is so important. I completely agree. I have a niece and I always like, no matter what the situation is, I'm always very cognizant of what I'm saying in front of her because you're so right. It's like, if I, I remember actually one, I'll tell a cute little story about her. So she was like, I forget what she was doing. She was like, I don't know, coloring or doing something. And she was like, I can't do it. And I was like, Liana, no, you can do it. I was like, you can do anything you want. You just have to try and push yourself and you can do whatever you want. And instead of saying, I can't say, I'm going to try my hardest. And I, and I really tried to like ingrain that in her brain. Cause I was like, I never, I was like, I never want you to think that you can't do something. You can do whatever you want. And, and I really try to like always believe that and push that on them and just like, cause that's when you learn all about these things. And that's what a, a lot of our adulthood, um, you know, trauma is from our childhood. And I'm learning that mm-hmm. right now very much. Cause I'm actually doing a, um, life coach class right now. And I'm also in therapy because I love therapy. Um, But yeah, so I just, I learned so much about, you know, this type of stuff and just really being very aware of the things that come out of your mouth and and especially in front of little ones. So I really, that is (laughs) very, very important. So important. And I mean, Uh, like, I don't, I, I don't think there's a way to reshape our cultural identities around body image for women and men um, if we don't begin to to speak differently and show differently to the to the younger generation yes and I don't know if you've been noticing this but I have been loving um, for example American Eagle Victoria's Secrets I've been noticing that they've been using not you know the the normal model size women as their models and, and having a diversity of, of, I've even seen, um, like I have a skin, uh, psoriasis and I've been seeing like people that have not like imperfections, right. Not the regular body sizes. And I love that because, you know, I feel like ever since, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of like a newer thing that's been happening, which I think is amazing, but it's something that I've been picking up on because, you know, when I was a little girl and I would look at magazines, it was just like, very, very thin women. And, and you're, it's, it's hard to not think of like, oh, well, is that how I should be? Is that how everyone And so I'm loving that brands are really just opening up their lens to all body types because everyone is beautiful and everyone deserves to, you know, wear whatever they want and feel comfortable within their own skin. So true. Representation matters. It's really important to, you know, because if none of us look alike and we're all different, if you don't see anyone that sort of resembles you, then you start to think that the way you look is wrong. Right. Um, or maybe you're ugly because you don't ever see anybody that looks like you. Um, mm. So it's really important that, you know, we, we tell our, our little ones that they're beautiful and, and that the way they are is, is fine. I was talking to one of my customers today. Um, she called about, uh, a size of something. And mm-hmm. she said to me, well, I probably, my shoulders are too broad. I probably won't fit that. And I said, you know, when I was in design school, my professor told me that 
the the body is never wrong the clothes are so if if oh, the, that's true if the garment doesn't fit you then the garment is wrong but you are imperfectly perfectly made right and and the way you are is 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 just enough so if that shirt that swimsuit those shoes um whatever it is if it doesn't fit you it's not you it's the item and that's good advice so like when you make clothes it's it's very technical because it's all it's like engineering for moving parts if you will Mm -hmm. that's fashion design and each brand has a template or a, a, a base size that they create their, their samples for. And every other size is just an extrapolation of that. It becomes larger or smaller off of the proportions of that base size. And that's really important to keep in mind because some brands are designed for teenagers or you know young, 18, 19, 20 year olds. So if you're in your forties or fifties and you're trying to wear this brand that is literally gearing its product to a younger customer, you're going to have fit issues with the garment because they're just not designed for your body. Um, You have some brands that make clothes that lean towards people with straighter figures. You have some brands that make clothes that lean towards people with curvier figures. And What's interesting is that the brands don't ever really tell you that. The best sense of that is going to come from the selection of models that they use. Those those models and those body types are giving you insight into the types of clothes that they make, the types of people that they they make clothes for. And obviously recently we've been seeing so much about body inclusion and size inclusion and and various sizes. I would say though, that even if the brand begins to include larger or smaller sizes, you still wanna look at the shape of the person because, right? Like they they could be more voluptuous, but maybe they still have narrow hips, right? Their hips are still Uh straight for their size. So if you're like a pear shape or a curvier shape, those pants still might not fit on you properly, even though they're in a size that that should fit for you. Right. If that, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. That <laughs> um, and and it's 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 every brand is different, and it's you really just have to kind of pay attention to that. And when you find the brands that you love, um, share them with your friends, and 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 you know patronize them so that they can keep making products that that fit and and honor your shape definitely yeah once you find something that you enjoy and you like and you feel confident just keep getting it that's what I say you know color (laughs) right oh I totally I'll buy I'll buy a shirt in multiple different colors I love that shirt I definitely do that so I did have a few questions from my followers if you don't mind Ooh, yes this is exciting yeah so one of them was how do you factor in and think about sustainability when designing me personally because I'm a small brand mm-hmm. I think it's kind of naturally sustainable um, yeah you know um, I use good quality materials so that when the person buys it, they're not forced to replace it every year. Um, I don't believe in disposable clothing. So Mm -hmm. I 
buy good quality materials, everyone that's making the product or helping me to make the products um, are trained, skilled professionals in their craft and they know what they're doing. So the end result is just really beautifully well-made clothing that, or, or swimwear that last, um, which ultimately reduces landfill waste because you're not throwing it away, especially with swimwear. We usually don't, you know, donate swimsuits to, to the Goodwill or to the Red Cross. If, if a swimsuit is no longer usable, it usually goes in the trash, which mm -hmm. means that it's going to wind up in the landfill. So right. by using quality materials and quality craftsmanship, that process is delayed for some time. And you can have some of my swimsuits, I've had them for at least five years. Um, and they probably have another five or 10 more left in them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one way that I, I work on sustainability. Um, I'm also looking into recycled um, fabrics for swimwear. I've recently sourced some recycled fabrics that are made from like, I think 75 or 80% uh, plastic bottles. Um, that's so cool. Yeah, so that's really exciting. And I'm really excited to start using that. Um, I'm working on spring, summer 2022 right now. So my hope is that the swimsuits that are in that 2022 collection can all be made from the recycled uh, sustainable swimwear fabric. Wow. And with that's the exception cool. of my swimwear, I usually use, orga um, not organic, but natural fibers. So okay. yeah. I try not to use fibers that are man-made um, because oftentimes those man-made fibers include a lot of chemicals and just creating the fabric like Polyester has come a long way and it's a really great fabric, but in creating polyester, it has like, I would imagine higher carbon emissions um, mm -hmm. just to, to create the fabric at the fabric mill. Um, so that's a, another way I try to use cotton or silk or denim or linen um, to, to, to create my, my designs with, to help with sustainability. And then lastly, I make my products in America. So yeah, that's, I, that's huge. It's huge. I, I, I can control it. It's for a few reasons. Um, first one, when I first started was I can kind of control what's happening at the factory a little bit better, but right. also um, I'm paying the people who are sewing the clothes a living wage so that they in turn can hopefully be living more sustainable lives and doing more sustainable actions because sometimes sustainability is a little bit more expensive um, right, and, right. and it does require um, a little bit more of the individual to, to seek those items out. And as I grow, um, you know, I, I hope to just continue to magnify th those efforts and that work and to contribute more to ocean conservation and beach cleanup and really stepping forward as a brand that is doing more to like help save the the beaches and the, mm. the the marine life in the beaches because there is no swimwear without beach to me that's so true that's a good point it all ties in together yeah well that's really inspiring that's that's really cool and I love 
the, you know, the different types of materials. And I think it's so, it's inspiring. It really is. And, and helping out the environment in any way that we can. And, you know, we'll save the turtles too, you know. Save the turtles, <laughs> don't litter, pick up after yourself. There's right. a garbage can on every beach, right? So like, just take it to the garbage can. Exactly. <laughs> if yeah. it's not your trash, like, you know, sometimes when I'm at the beach, I'll see a, some kind of random, like, you know, soda bottle or, you know, pack a chip wrapper or something, just pick it up. And, pick and it up. It's easy. Can. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be your trash to like, to clean up and make small little impacts in a more personal way. I love that. All right. Next one. I have one more for you. Um, how do you obtain brand relevance in a very oversaturated industry? Such a great question and something that I feel like I'm always thinking about. I think yeah. swimwear is definitely oversaturated and will begin to continue to be oversaturated. I think the most that any brand owner, founder, whatever type of business that you have, you know, that could be oversaturated, the most that you can do is be true to who you are and what your brand values are. So um, true. So for me, that's, you know, helping people with body positivity, self-esteem and, and self-confidence, um, equality, uh, taking care of the environment and creating beautiful clothes that are made in a beautiful way. And while there's probably a million other brands that are doing the same thing, their story is different from my story. And exactly. I think when you add like my story to those brand pillars, what you get is Nick Hill clothing. And I think that that's all that any of us can do, you know, like it's almost like, you know, I'm married and, and you have a, a boyfriend as you mentioned before, but when we were single, there's tons of girls, there's tons of guys what sets you apart from all the other fish in the sea, you know, no pun intended. And there was something unique about you that made your boyfriend take notice to that. And it's kind of the same with a brand, right? Like, yes, there's millions of brands out there and there's so many places that you can, you know, choose to spend your dollars and, and hopefully everyone's choosing wisely with brands that, you know, are, ethically made and they treat their employees wow. right and, and all the things. Um, but it's kind of the same. You, you choose things that resonate with you and, and that um, make you feel good. And, you know, at Nick Hill Clothing, we treat our customers right. And we, we do what we can to make our customers happy. And we treat our employees right. It's a small team with people, but um, everyone is treated with respect and dignity and we know the names of the people who are, are making your products, um, you know? So it's, I think that it's just a, and that's me, like when, that's a piece of me. When, when I, you know, go out, I, I get the names of the, my husband always says one of the things that he loves about going anywhere with me is that by the time we leave, I know everyone's name. I know the doorman's Aww. name. I know the janitor's yeah. name. I know that his wedding anniversary is next week, Friday. Like I'm You're very personable, very. And I think that you, you, I inject that in the brand as best as I can. And okay. I, I hope that that resonates with people and I hope that they feel that. And what I would just recommend to anyone who has their own business and there's, it's an oversaturated market, you know, 
Pepsi created Pepsi after Coca-Cola created Coca-Cola and, <laughs> and they're fine, you know, like just, just follow your heart and don't worry about the competition. Just worry about you and inject your truth and your story into whatever it is that you're doing. And I think that people will notice that. I, I completely agree. And I definitely can tell that in, in your brand. Like I, like I said earlier, like I could feel the beach vibe. I loved like your about page and your, your challenge. Cause you're really showcasing that and you embody that and show people like, you know what, you can feel confident and you can feel beautiful. And, and it's just so important to, you know, have that perspective and you have like a wonderful perspective on this. And I just, it's very, very inspiring. I'm very, very inspired right now. My cheeks hurt actually from smiling oh, so much. Thank you so much. I just, I kind of just want it to be a safe space, you know, like I Absolutely. want, I want through all the scrolling and all the websites and all the Instagram accounts, you know, I just want anyone that lands on mine to feel like, oh, like they don't have, you don't have to suck your stomach in if you don't want to suck your stomach in, or, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to worry about regardless of how you look, I still think you're beautiful. Like, and I, I really, really do. And whether your hair is brushed or not, whether you've got on a gorgeous outfit or not, whether you're wearing the most expensive or not, I, I still think you're amazing. And I still think you're beautiful. And I, 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 I want people to walk away from their interactions with me feeling that way. Yes, you're very, very, very inspirational and very encouraging. And I, I love that. And I'm so glad that I had this conversation with you. Um, I feel so inspired now. I want to like, I don't even know, just go do something like this was just so it was truly like an honor for you to be on my podcast. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. The honor was mine. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I was looking forward to our conversation. So I was I'm too. Super excited. And thank you. And before we leave, I have a quick game for us. If you're cool with that. Yes. All I'm right. Excited. Let's get into it. So okay. it's this or that. So you'll just choose one thing or another. And okay. I did personalize this for you. And I threw some, some like fashion stuff in here. So I think it'll be fun. Okay. Okay. So first things first is food. So pizza or pasta? Pizza. Pizza, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, fruits or veggies? Fruits. Fruit. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Sweet. Wow. All of the answers that I would choose. <laughs> um, mom jeans or skinny jeans? This day and age, I'd say mom jeans. <laughs> yes. After a year and a half of sweatpants, anyone wearing skinny jeans is, is I'm really proud of you. Um, yes, right? Oh <laughs> my God. That's, a, that's a good, that's true. That's a good point. Um, romper or a dress? Pro for, for my body, I'd probably say dress. For others, I enjoy seeing people in rompers. I have a short torso and long legs. So rompers are oftentimes tricky to fit me properly. They usually yeah. get too big at the top and then too short in the bottom because of how short my torso is and gotcha. how long my legs are. So I would go for a dress, um, but I really love a good romper moment on everyone else. Yes, rompers are cute. And the only thing that's annoying is going to the bathroom. <laughs> ah, it's so, so true, so true. It's just and like same with jumpsuits. I mean, same thing. 
And bodysuits can be that way too. Bodysuits. Yes. I love a good bodysuit though. Totally into it. Love a good bodysuit. My, the bodysuits we have on the site, we made the snaps almost like higher. So they're, they're easier to see. And when you're putting them on and off, it's so much simpler. Oh my God. I need one. (laughs) I wore a bodysuit the other day, not mine. It was like wherever I got it from. And the snaps were at like the traditional spot. And I was so upset with myself. I'm like, this is why I did this. Like I'm never wearing a non-Nick Hill bodysuit ever again. (laughs) That's genius. I'm going to have to get one. Like for real. They're, they're like, um, they're just, just so easier to snap. Right. That makes so much sense. See, good, good thinking. I love it. (laughs) All right. Heels or flats? Depends on the outfit. On a day-to-day, it's probably, for me, probably going to be flats. Um, again, jeans and t-shirt, flip-flop kind of girl. Uh, but if I'm going somewhere and I have to wear, you know, the, the white silk blouse and the, the nice linen walking shorts or whatever, I'll probably have on a nice pair of heels. Love it. Cute. Dark denim or light denim? Ooh. If you had to choose one or the other. This is again, like one of those depends. To me, dark denim is fancy. <laughs> so, yeah, I get that. So when I'm getting dressed up and I wear dressy, my dressy jeans, um, they're probably dark denim, but like day to day, they're probably like a lighter color. There's probably holes somewhere. They're probably um, really soft and I've probably had them for years. That's fair. That's totally fair. Neutral colors or bold colors? I usually do neutral and do uh, pops of bold for Mm -hmm. like accessories. Right. Love it. All right. This one might be hard. Would you rather only for the rest of your life have black clothing or white clothing? Oh. (laughs) Um, I only love white in the winter. So I would say black black yeah I nine months of the year I really don't wear white <laughs> it See, could might... be because of where I live though like in yeah. a warmer climate I might wear white more um but I guess That's I would true. say black by the way when you were saying white in the winter I was like yes because I don't follow the rule oh you can't wear it after labor day when Maybe. people say that to me I'm like uh-uh I wear white whenever the hell I want <laughs> the only reason like I do have a I, for winter, I wear cream. <laughs> yes, that's fair. But that's fair. I have a, a fair amount of like, I, I, I was showing my husband, um, do you know uh, Irish fisherman sweaters? They're yep. like these beautiful cable knit sweaters and they're just gorgeous. It's my favorite type of sweater. And I think I have a million of them. Um, <laughs> and they're all cream. And I'm like, well, no, that one's cropped. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yes, I feel that. Different. Um, I love, that's my favorite type of sweater. Um, and I, I love wearing it, but white in the winter, especially where we live in the Northeast, if it's not thick enough, you can be cold in it because it's not retaining any of the heat. So it it really has to be that Irish fisherman sweater, um, preferably cashmere. (laughs) Love it. Cashmere all day, baby. Or wool. All right. Would you rather have a personal chef or personal massage therapist? I would say chef because I have a Theragun. Oh, those (laughs) things I hear are amazing. They're amazing. So I would definitely say a personal chef. 
If you yeah. had said driver, I would have said driver. Ooh, that would be a good one too. That's actually a good option. My dream in life is to have a driver. Oh, it would be great. Never drive again. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you rather live in Hawaii or live in Italy? Uh, Hawaii. I'm a beach girl. Hawaii. Oh, same. I'm actually going there next week. Oh, oh my goodness. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait. I can't wait for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited for you. This one might be tough. Would you rather in-person shopping or online shopping? In-person. In-person. I, I, I'm a designer. I have to touch. You have to touch. That's I understandable. Have, I have to touch. I, I, I almost inspect my shopping with me is probably not the most fun. Oh, I, I would love to go shopping with you though. I'm looking at stitches. I'm looking at the fabric. Like it's a, it's a process. Um, oh, I would love to go shopping <laughs> with you. I feel like we, we would have a great time. <laughs> we would. It's funny. Like as much clothes as I have, I don't really shop a lot. Uh, yeah. I don't really know how I have as much as considering I don't shop so much. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times when I go into stores, it, it's, it might be for educational purposes. Maybe yeah. I'm, I'm looking at like fabric trends that are happening or the fabrics that people are using or the type of stuff that they're doing. Um, I love going in luxury stores to see their seam finishes and the type of stitches that they do. Mm -hmm. um, because it's just kind of like kid in a candy store um, in-person shopping all day all day love it would you rather create a new holiday or a new language huh. this is a tough one um I don't know I think a new language would be really cool because then that kind of implies that like maybe it's a new country or a new group of people or um, just growth in some kind of way of, of the human race. So I, I think a new language. That would be really cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Sunrise. Love it. Nothing All right. like a fresh new day. That's so true. Okay, one last question that I'm so curious about. Is there any trends right now that you like absolutely hate or love? I guess both. I'm really over tie-dye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so true. Yep. Really over it. And, you know, I've never really liked it. I can remember being in fifth grade in Mrs. Kerej's class and we did tie-dye. Yeah. And even then I didn't love it. I enjoy it when it's done in a way that it looks intentional as mm -hmm. opposed to like an ink blot test. Right. That um, makes sense. I would say I'm, I'm pretty over tie-dye. Um, I, what else am I over? Fast fashion. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, it's, it's like killing our planet. It's, it's, it it's, is. I mean, it, in the long run, I just don't think it's a great use of money. I would rather thrift than, um, I love thrifting. Thrifting is so much fun. So much fun. Um, I, I think thrifting is a better use of the same amount of money than, you know, fast fashion, uh, especially when a lot of fast fashion brands, you know, rip off independent designers and, and, and steal ideas from independent designers or smaller brands. Right. Um, 
a lot of times they make their clothes in ways that exploit their workers and pay their workers for the countries that they are in wages that aren't even livable for their country. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I think if people make their clothes in other countries, that's fine, but at least keep up with the, 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 the status quo of wages for the country wow. that you're in. Um, so I'd say fast fashion, tie dye, I think that's it. Like I'm, I'm really into self-expression and, and mm -hmm. people exploring and, and trying things and, and pushing the envelope. I'm not very judgmental um, with clothes. Like and a lot of people think that I would be and, and I'm, I'm not, um, right. you know, it's just whatever makes you happy. Right. Like if, 100%. if, if that thing makes you happy, then wear that. But if I don't see tie dye again for a while, I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> but I still don't judge. If someone's wearing tie-dye, right. I'm not judging them for it. It's just kind of right. like, it's just, right. you're kind of like over it. That's, that's totally understandable. As a fashion designer, I mean, gosh, you could, you could just be like, yeah, let's, let's cut this out, you know, like. Hi, ombre. I think ombre is a really good move on to tie-dye. If you're in love with tie-dye and maybe you're over it too, um, try ombre. I think it's more, uh, timeless and it, it's 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 always a beautiful ombre ombre dress you know never goes out of style um or if you can find tie-dye that's done in a way that it kind of looks like an ombre that's always really cool um, um that's what i would say and then uh, for fast fashion if you need a substitute try thrifting um i know i need to i I've, i haven't been in a while but i used to go all the time i kind of like forgot that it was a thing i need to go my <laughs> My aunt taught me how to thrift store shop when I was eight years old, and I've been in love ever since then. That's and amazing. It's, it's so cool. So and you cool. never know what you're going to find, you know? You never know what you're going to find. Thing. And it's like one of one because, you know, right. even if I say, oh, Janae, I got it from, you know, XYZ thrift store over here. If you go, they're not going to have the same thing again. It's like so special mm -hmm. and so unique to you. It does get tricky, you know, for certain body types when you thrift because, depending on the age of the garment, people, you know, 50, 60 years ago were smaller then than they are now. So that can be tricky. Uh, you might have to tailor the pieces or do things to them so that they can fit your body specifically, but it's so well worth it. Clothes are just better made back then. And um, um, it's just, I think, you know, you have a, a great story of a, of a beautiful piece. You never know what you're going to get. Right, right. And it's, it's fun to like, I love looking to just like seeing what's out there. And it's, and like you said, it's like you go to one thrift store and you go to the next and it will be completely different and you'll never find probably the same piece. Completely different. That's it's one of my favorite, favorite things. Estate sales are great for jewelry. Oh, um, yes. I, I, I've never, or furs, um, if anyone is into furs, not sure if anyone is, but um, if you are going to buy fur, I would say buy one that is already, you know, been used, thrifted estate sales, mm -hmm. that animal has already sacrificed its life, right. um, as opposed to having a, a, a new animal sacrifice mm -hmm. its life. So I would say re buy reused fur. Love it. It's very inspiring. And leather. If you're, if you're into leather and fur, buy the ones that are already made. That's a good point. That is really smart, smart thinking. I love it.
<laughs> well, tell everyone where they can connect with you and find you. Yes, for sure. So on Instagram, I am at Nick Hill Clothing and Nick Hill is N-I-C-H-Y-L. Um, my website is www.nickhill.com. On Pinterest, I'm Nick Hill Clothing. On Twitter, I'm at Nick Hill, but I'm almost always on Instagram. Um, Twitter awesome. and, and Pinterest, I go to like maybe once a week. Um, whereas Instagram, I go multiple times a day because like I was mentioned to you earlier, my Instagram dogs are on Instagram. Yes. So, <laughs> I, love it. I go on Instagram multiple times a day to, to follow my, this dog who I'm like obsessed with. I, I go to his dog account all the time and, and like watch this dog and he makes me happy. I follow <laughs> so many dog accounts. So I totally feel you. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, Oh, yeah, but that's where I am. And I'm pretty good with like awesome. responding to, to DMs and, and messages and questions about the product um, on Instagram, or uh, you can also email uh, info at nickhill.com. Awesome. Yes. Everyone go follow her, buy her stuff. Just give her all of the stuff, all of the info and, and ask her any questions and buy her stuff. Connect with her. Please do. Uh, and the challenge, if anyone wants to sign yeah. up for the, the challenge, uh, the website is yourlivingbeautifully.com. Y-O-U-R-E livingbeautifully.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I had so much fun with this conversation. I did too. Thank you so much for having me, Janae. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Nick Hill. I seriously am so fired up right now. She was so inspiring, so dedicated to what she loves doing. And that honestly inspires me so much. I thought this interview was honestly like beyond inspirational. Like I am fired up and I... I love, this is why I love doing what I do is because I get to connect with amazing, amazing, dedicated, inspiring humans like her. And I couldn't be more thankful that she came on my podcast. I feel just so happy and I hope you also enjoyed this episode. Uh, please connect with her on her platforms and I hope this inspires you to, you know, do something that you've been wanting to do or that you've been wanting to start, even if it's a small step, it's one step closer to your goal. So don't hesitate to reach out to me or her if you have any questions or if you want to start your own podcast and maybe you, you know, have been hesitating to start it and you have questions that you want to ask, definitely reach out to me. I would love to chat. And you know where to connect with me at My Nick and Mindset on all of your platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Anchor, all the things, and also Twitter. I would love to connect with you and hear from you on any feedback, questions, comments, topics that you'd like to hear. Definitely slide into my DMs. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.